You're listening to Bob Leon and the truth of it all. Hey everybody. Thought I'd do a, a, a quick live here today. I didn't plan on it as usual, but uh, wanted to talk about a few things. It's uh, Wednesday, January 24th. Beautiful weather out there. We have a good break in the weather. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to talk about a few things. Um, the Coots Convoy second anniversary is coming up this Saturday. Uh, Tucker Carlson had a lot of outreach about that. And then the million, one million charges for the people, the accountability project, and the Emergency Measures Act uh, being deemed as uh, unconstitutional. So I just wanted to talk about that. And then also my... Uh, my time going forward that much of it is going to be dedicated to my advocacy and uh and assisting jamie in her um her battle with uh, the government period it's what what that is same scenario as the Kootsmen, as tony jerry chris and chris but on a much deeper evil level when it involves uh young children so uh yeah, I just wanted to say, please pray for Jamie and uh, her children and all children and families going through similar circumstances. I've had, I had outreach uh, yesterday from somebody that works in victim services. Just wanted to, you know, say that uh, they know. They uh, wanted to say that you're, you know, you're on the, on the mark, that this does happen. Sexual predators um, are protected. Pedophiles are protected by the system. And two examples they gave me, repeat offenders, repeat pedophile offenders have been released for decades to uh, offend again and again. It doesn't take long to, uh, to understand how that's been happening in this province and across Canada for a long time. And uh, it's just, it's so disturbing. It's dark. It is a heavy conversation, a heavy crisis the most important of the day. So uh, it was good timing for uh, these uh, leaders to come forward and, you know, share this idea with uh, many of us the other evening of the million charges for the people, the accountability project uh, was a breath of fresh air for me. Um, it's grassroots people doing it for no other reason, but to stand up for our children and for people that are being abused and marginalized and held unjustly. Uh, victims of a tyrannical government. We have not seen any accountability to this point in time. And I'm going to get into the uh, the red herring, I call it, the distraction, the deflection by politicians and their operatives and supporters that suggest that there should be no accountability as people are continuing to be uh, abused. So, you know, I, was, I, was, I sat back and I listened and I, I saw the passion, I saw the, the plan and the uh, it's a good one. It is literally filing charges at police stations for, first of all, for the COVID tyranny we all experienced in the forced injection with this poison, what they did to many people. They destroyed many lives and families and communities through the lockdowns. We want answers and we want uh, charges filed for that. Uh, there, there has to be uh, justice in that. That conversation must be finished because people are still being abused today in that. 
it was it was great to see you know they were very clear that there would be no politics or political interference or suggesting that we would work within a political party and try to fix it that way um, myself I, I see that now working within political organizations is a fruitless endeavor they're easily destroyed from within or you know people are not allowed to speak truth and uh, hold anybody accountable. So it was the, an example was uh, provided and how dedicated these people are, these leaders in this initiative. When an organ, uh, an individual spoke up late in the meeting, you know, went on <laughs> to suggest that they they work from within Conservative Party and they change policies, and so therefore they they were effectively changing from within. But part of what I want to bring to the table is. Uh, is education regarding politics and governments. And what is what did that mean? You know, there was a lot of people wanted to speak, so I had to bite my tongue there, but what did what did that mean? So when, when policies are changed within a party and the Conservative Party of Canada is an example, or the United Conservative Party of Alberta, when policies are changed by membership, that doesn't mean that bills or legislation or law will be changed. It's it's just smoke and mirrors. It makes it look like members are doing things and changing things from within when it's really it's political theater and deception. And it's something I saw play out at my time with the United Conservative Party. So, you know, at the end of the day, if uh, political organizations are not going to act and conduct themselves in a moral uh, regard when they do not speak to the injustices and the atrocities happening today, or through the COVID lockdowns and forced vaccinations, uh, where people continue to be out of work and many people are being harmed by that, they're still not speaking out against that. And uh, they're not speaking out against these uh, political prisoners or children uh, being uh, victims of pedophiles and the pedophiles being protected. In fact, the politicians across the board, across all parties, uh, NDP, Liberals, Conservatives uh, are equally complicit and guilty in this of turning their backs on these families and these children. So anyways, I was happy to see the pushback, very passionate pushback of shutting down that individual. That's great. So it's another breath of fresh air for me in that uh, there was people across Canada in that meeting, all ethnicities, faiths, believers, non-believers, and it was it was really something to, to behold and to see that conversation come together. So I just wanted to thank again uh, Dana and Gord and Ron and whoever else was involved in pulling that together. So I'm, I'm going to put my support behind that. Something that I'm passionate about is independent leaders, no one leader. Independence to me now I see as uh, being right back to the individual, to us as people our own individual sovereignty, and then the, the sovereignty of our communities, the sovereignties of our sovereignty of our provinces, uh, you know, that needs to be built out from that, that there's no more hierarchical top-down structures, that we do not bend the knee to these people in uh, Ottawa, in uh, Edmonton legislature, or in, in nations that are, you know, on the other side of the world, these elites that wanna rule and control us. So breath of fresh air, and I'm uh, looking forward to uh, continue to speak to those, those leaders. And a large group of leaders came to the table across Canada. Yeah, it's, I think it's time that Canadians stood together outside of any organization just as independent people to stand behind our God-given rights and freedoms and defend that and defend our children to the end. This is our line in the sand. 
I, I stand behind that. Uh, we can't sit back anymore and allow this uh, to progress any further, allow these politicians and governments and oppositions to continue to get away with uh, no accountability or justice, that it's up to us to uh, inspire others to stand up and take a responsibility in this. Otherwise, uh, nothing's going to change. So I'll leave that at that. Uh, yeah, so this Saturday is the Coots uh, second anniversary of the Coots convoy, and I'll be heading down there. I'm going to be going a little bit later. We'll we'll attend the the event and fundraiser, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the drive down with Arthur Pulowski, and uh, looking forward to catching up with Art. Uh, weather looks great, so uh, should be a good turnout, and hope to see you down there, a lot of you. So yeah, come over and say hello, and looking forward to the conversations. So I just, I was sent, I uh, haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Gordon McGill, um, he's a journalist, dual citizenship, and I believe out of, I could be wrong, Buffalo. He has done great things as far as bringing awareness to the the uh, Coots political prisoners, Tony, Jerry, Chris, and Chris. Uh, he does work for Newsweek, and uh, he was just on Tucker Carlson, so looking forward to that conversation. And he was speaking about the four men. So that's that's good to see. I'll share that out. Yeah, regarding the, the Tucker Carlson events in Calgary and Edmonton, um, I've had a lot of outreach on that, whether or not I was going or my thoughts on it. And I'm very guarded today. I, I see this, uh, I'll call it a bait and switch. I sent my questions to Tucker, very pointed questions, whether he gets them or not. I know he's probably got a million of them. Uh, emails being sent to him, but, you know, um, and I'll speak to my, the context of what I, my questioning as I, as I do with uh, everything I'm passionate about, you know, it's a rebel event, uh, APP, Alberta Prosperity Project and Take Back Alberta. Everyone knows my uh, disconnect with those organizations right now. I hope Tucker asks Danielle Smith hard questions while on stage, but this is what I see today, you know, especially with the Emergency Measures Act being deemed unconstitutional. This theater of, uh, you know, pointing the finger at a scapegoat. And again, Trudeau, I have no, no respect for him or for his party, neither for the NDP. But knowing that uh, all governments and oppositions are equally responsible, Liberals, NDP, Bloc Quebecois, Conservative Party of Canada, UCP and NDP here in Alberta, equally responsible for uh, the enacting of that. Um, because as Trudeau, you know, when they imposed that, they had the blessing of all provincial parties, governments, pardon me. So I just, you know, regarding these events, um, I I just have concerns that the, uh, the bait and switch that uh, Pierre Polyev is going to save us all don't split the vote conversation will, will start happening soon, as I'm seeing. And at the end of the day, if we let, allow that to happen without opposition to that, nothing will change. Nothing, absolutely nothing. And uh, I will have no part of that. So I'll be watching closely to see what questions Tucker asks um, to see if he shines a light on everything I'm about to go through here. I wrote an article. I called it Red Herrings and Political Theater. So the Emergency Measures Act was deemed unconstitutional. Okay. So are Tony, Jerry, Chris, and Chris being let out? Are the COVID-19 injections being shut down? Will Albertans and Canadians 
even be given an apology by the Alberta and Canadian government and all oppositions for that. We'll start there with an apology would be forthcoming in my opinion, but of course not. Politicians are too busy pointing the finger at the patsy, at the empty shell of a man in Trudeau, as if he was solely responsible for the travesty of injustice, carnage, and genocide inflicted on the people of Alberta and Canada. Politicians play political theater. They could care less about the atrocities continuing to play out. The imposing of the Emergency Measures Act had the go-ahead of all provincial governments, including the Alberta UCP government. This means not just Kenny alone. Did you see any UCP MLAs screaming out in outrage over that? No. As the World Health Treaty is also the object of deflection, in my opinion, of something that is already here in Alberta. When it comes to politically authorized medical tyranny, who needs the who? Read the fine print. The Alberta UCP and AHS tyranny was kicked off with Bill 10, the COVID-19 Emergency Measures Act, amended to Bill 24, amended to Bill 66, amended to Alberta's latest version of the Public Health Act. In those amendments, the Alberta United Conservative government failed to address medical bureaucratic authority. The amended Alberta Public Health Act reads as follows, and I quote, allows cabinet to reverse or vary any public health decision made by any decision maker under the act outside of a declared state of public health emergency. Goes on. During a declared state of public health emergency, medical officers of health, including the chief medical officer of health, retain final decision-making authority for orders impacting a specific person or persons or a specific public place. In 2023, this was tested in Alberta's highest court when Justice Romaine made the ruling that while the COVID-19 orders were constitutional, the breach came in who was giving the orders, that rather than the elected body of government of the people, it should have been the unelected chief medical officer of health giving the orders. Now, given a Canada court's ruling that the enacting of the Emergency Measures Act was in fact unconstitutional, where does that leave Albertans and Canadians who rightfully opposed and responded to tyrannical lockdowns, the destruction of small businesses, families, children, communities, and lives? Albertans and Canadians who rightfully opposed forced injections of a now proven to be harmful, cancer-causing, and potentially lethal shot. As children are sexually preyed upon in Alberta, pedophiles are protected by the system. When lunatics are already in charge here in Alberta, who needs the who? So for daring to expose the truth of where Alberta and Canadian politicians failed and continue to fail the people, abuse the people, neglect 
the people. I'm called a liar, self-serving also by some. These are the defenders of politicians and government, and that's quite all right. I'm willing to lay it all on the line for those who have and who continue to be abused, held unjustly, children sexually preyed upon, and many people harmed and murdered by those very politicians and governments and bureaucrats. Here's one example that I spoke to consistently that still has not been answered to. On November 10th, 2021, at 5.30 p.m., MLAs, Todd Lowen, Shane Getson, Nathan Cooper, Drew Barnes, Peter Guthrie, Angela Pitt, Dave Hansen, Grant Hunter, RJ Sigurdsson, and Jason Stefan met with Dr. Paul Alexander, former advisor to the White House upon the removal of Anthony Fauci, an international renowned epidemiologist, a most highly regarded medical scientist and researcher. Alberta's own Dr. Roger Hodgkinson, the very first in Canada to speak out against this abomination of medical tyranny. Also a highly regarded international medical expert, pathologist, and Dr. Robert Malone. Although unable to attend due to the emergency and emergency, MLAs were connected directly with Dr. Peter McCullough. At the time of the November 10th, 2021 meeting, the focus was on saving children from being harmed from the COVID-19 vaccine. At the time, it was well-documented, proven that children were never at risk from COVID. However, there was a great risk to the COVID-19 vaccines. The advice and evidence of 132 studies given to Alberta's elected representatives was to sound the alarm to Albertans, to shut down COVID-19 vaccines, lockdowns, all mandates, as those were in fact killing far more Albertans than COVID ever would. When I post this article, I will have the evidence once again shared for you to see, which includes an email response from Shane Getson, who was chosen by that group of MLAs, and stating the commitment to bring the evidence forward to table the research in Alberta's legislature, where the research of Dr. Paul Alexander and Dr. Peter McCullough would become source documents. Evidence includes texts from Nathan Cooper, the old Didsbury UCP MLA, Speaker of the Legislature, confirming the meeting. Text from Todd Lowen's advisor, UCP Provincial Board of Director, Samantha Stanky, and Todd Lowen's staffer, Nathan Stanky, was included in that text message, confirming the meeting, knowledge of harms, and unwillingness to act. Todd Lowen stated the reason for not bringing forward the evidence, didn't want to look like an extremist. Nathan Cooper and Samantha Stanky both stated to me, what can one man do? Almost two years to the day from that November 10th, 2021 meeting, on November 8th, 2023, in Red Deer, Alberta, 
Dr. Peter McCullough's public testimony stating that one single politician in India was able to effectively bring to a halt the COVID-19 vaccines. In bringing forward that research, evidence of risks and harms, sounding the alarm, ending the COVID-19 vaccination in India, saving many people from harms and death. As this Alberta UCP government and NDP opposition continue to give out that vaccine. Where are those MLAs and advisors and staffers now? Todd Lowen is the Minister of, of Forestry for the Alberta government. Nathan Cooper remains Speaker of the Legislature. Shane Getson, the UCP government whip, as they call it. Grant Hunter remains a UCP MLA. Peter Guthrie, UCP MLA. Jason Stefan, UCP MLA. Angela Pitt, UCP MLA. Samantha Stanky sits on the UCP Provincial Board. Nathan Stanky remains Todd Staffer. Drew Barnes has retired. So too has Dave Hansen. I see some of those very politicians, former friends, celebrating the ruling on the Emergency Measures Act. And I think back, back when the Freedom Convoy gave hope to many Albertans and Canadians. Those politicians realized my advice at that time was on point, that a large demographic of Albertans and Canadians were in fact passionately opposed to the heavy-handed tyranny, abuse, and devastation inflicted upon them. Todd Lowen chased the Freedom Convoy across Canada trying to catch up. I watched Shane Getson jump in his yellow gravel truck, joining the convoy as he cried and whimpered, declaring himself a victim of COVID-19 vaccine injury. As they failed to protect the children of Alberta, in the amount of outreach I've received in the past four years, from those who were beaten and abused, lost loved ones, continued to, died, or gravely injured from the COVID injections, who lost businesses, who for two years and counting, remain in remand centers for opposing those atrocities. The real man who stood up. I find political theater of politicians disgusting and vile in that regard. And then there's the elephant of all elephants and sitting in the room that not nearly enough are focusing on. And that is why were Albertans and Canadians subjected to this tyranny in the first place? The answer to that riddle is simple, and it can be found through 55 years of Canadian and Alberta governments, from Pierre Trudeau through to the current Trudeau, and all governments in between, Conservatives, Liberals, NDP, Bloc Québécois, Alberta PCs, Wild Rose, UCP, NDP at all. Those politicians, governments and oppositions have restructured and changed Alberta and Canadian laws aligned to fit within a global governance structure of tyranny. 
Those politicians traded our individual, provincial, and national sovereignty for global enlightened sovereignty, as Stephen Harper called it. As I said, political red herrings. These people will not be our saviors. They do not care about the children of Alberta or Canada. They are self-serving protectionists who serve masters, lobbyists. They protect the parties above all else rather than the people. And it is time we as Albertans and Canadians, men and women of all ethnicities, all faiths, believers and non-believers, demand accountability and justice for all those that were abused and murdered and sexually preyed upon. It's time to take action. And it's a very simple act. It means not licking the boots of these betrayers. It means turning your backs on them and standing with your friends and neighbors. Filing criminal charges is a start. We are not suggesting violence. We're simply demanding action of the police. And if you won't take action, then you too are complicit in these atrocities. If you will not accept these charges that are brought towards uh, forward to you as your duty demands, allow these charges to come forward all across Canada. I hope you can do that alone. That's all I have to say, everyone. I do not apologize for my passion and commitment to the children of this province and this country. As I say, I'm all in. And I hope you are too. God bless you all. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you.